0: Hello and welcome to episode 39 of Songs from a Padded Envelope. My name is Steve and I'm here with co-host Ben. Hello, Ben.
1: Hi hey there, Steve.
0: Our guest for this episode is Will Burns, who you initially reached out to, Ben. And did you want to say um, what prompted that for you?
1: I, well, I don't really know what prompted it, apart from the fact that I was, yeah, I was reading the, the, the Sunday paper, reading the Observer, and there was a list of 10 sort of debut top 10 debut novelists and for some reason i was drawn to to will's book paper lantern and a little piece about him and i reading it back afterwards there was only one tiny little mention of music in it so i, I don't know what it was about him that i thought oh, maybe he looks like a musician or there's something there. And just a little bit of, you know, down the rabbit hole, do a little bit of searching and then turned up the his connection with Hannah Peel um, that we're touching on the episode on a collaboration with Hannah. And, um, yeah, just kind of how fortuitous because it turned out to be a brilliant connection and this conversation uh, it's very special, isn't it? it 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 is and
0: I love the the kind of origin of this episode and 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 the way you describe it there because it's very much mirrors the way that the stories unfold throughout you know it's a kind of a very simple question or an innocent sounding question that then leads into uh stories unfolding and surprises and a richness in the stories that uh, that uh, of will's experiences that just keep giving don't they
1: yeah, so much. We were just reflecting on it a few minutes before this. You know that, it, yeah, like you say, it moves in a lovely conversational tone, and then it just keeps getting stuck into these. Well, we couldn't have predicted the sort of the stories that were going to unfold from mm-hmm. Will, and I don't want to go into it too much because it will spoil them for when when people come to them. But they're yeah, there's a whole host of them. Um, that um really chimed with us in so many different ways
0: yeah you want yeah it'd be lovely for folks listening to this to have the stories come to them in the same way that, that that we did and actually you mentioned we were talking before we started recording the intro and one of the things that you said i made a little note of it here because i thought it was i thought it was really relevant especially to this episode that in having these conversations with people um there's always a lot to learn from folks and i wondered what You've what what you've taken from this episode and uh, learned from speaking with with Will.
1: Ah, uh, well, when you come to when it comes to the sort of conclusion of the episode, and there's a sort of reflective moment where Will tells a story about um you know his work with Hannah on Hannah Peel on Chalk Hill Blue, mm. and how he it enabled him to kind of change his um or move away from his his standard sort of creative process and adopt something of a much sort of freer nature. And it's Mm. been something that's been on my mind recently and I know it's something on your mind too. And it suppose so I suppose I felt like that is the that's the biggest lesson that I've taken away from it. It was just about being feeling refreshed and the idea of coming to back coming back and approaching things in a different way that you haven't done before um and yeah i think the story that will that will tells about that and the way it's, sent, it's sort of changed the process for him um and and again reflecting his move away from music and into being a fully fledged writer yeah and it made me reflect on the other conversations we have but like yeah, yeah like you said there's uh a lot to learn
0: yeah, you mentioned there about music being so vital to Will but ultimately not the most significant outlet for his creative ideas and I really it's really interesting the way that he talks about that but also being open to experiment, experimentation and I love the influence um and inspiration that he takes from details or moments and that just kind of uh, is a it's a bottomless well of opportunity that concept isn't
1: it its is, yeah i mean there's such a rich theme of history for him to tap into and in the sort of various scenes whether that's family or friends that he's kind of dipped in and out of on and fortuitous connections that he's made and then you know a, a sort of a bold and brave move to transition away from um dreams and aspirations that you have as about being a musician and making um you know making it big as a musician Mm -hmm. and then taking the bold move to take you know to to branch out into the you know so so the love of poetry and to sort of follow that route um and where that took him eventually which is almost full circle as he says
0: yeah yes absolutely well our thanks to will for spending some time with us on the show um there are links to his work in the show notes all of which will lead you to some time well spent.
1: And on that note, let's go over to episode 39 of Songs from a Padded
2: Envelope with Will Burns. Uh, hi, yeah, I'm Will Burns, um, a writer um, from Buckinghamshire, um, and you're going to hear a song called Kite uh, by my band Tree Creeper. Um, at the end of the podcast
0: fantastic well thanks for coming on the podcast will so as i mentioned on the internet that says you didn't finish your english degree choosing instead to start an ill fated band with your brother so was that tree was tree creeper that ill-fated band and can you give us some of the backstory on how tree creeper came together
2: um yeah well i i I, yeah but uh, as the um biographical note Um, suggests i was doing an english degree and um i met um i met somebody uh on on that degree this was at sussex university i met 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 a man called alex nickel um and we we started a band um and kind of played a few gigs around brighton this is this is early 2000s um and we played we played a few gigs with bands like um, british sea power and brakes um and um the customers uh one one of whom uh went off to um form metronomy and um another one went went off and was half of nazca lines i think um so we were part of this sort of little little um kind of scene in Brighton we were very much a footnote in that scene I'm making it sound much more glamorous than it than it was for us but when um when the other sort of two or three members of the band that were all on the degree when they finished um that that degree I'd I'd kind of dropped out any anyway and um but stuck around Brighton for a for a year or two um to, to to carry on playing music with everybody but when that when they they all finished um i sort of i i i i i thought i wanted to do something else and by then i'd started to talk to my brother about maybe doing something with him and uh, a, a you know a kind of really close friend from school and um and we and we yeah we so we decided we were going to we were going to do that move to london you know make the kind of fateful move to the um to the big city and make our fortune and uh, we sort of got jobs in record shops and tried to do a band and, and all that kind of lost early twenties life that, 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 that followed. Yeah.
1: So the, so the song we're going to hear at the end, is that from the, the band with your brother or from the band, the, the previous band?
2: Yeah, that, that, that's from, from the band with, with my brother. Um, When we first um spoke about coming on um the, the, and 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 talking about the 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 kind of musical um my musical past i I desperately tried to find some demos from the first band because i thought i thought i thought that might even be more fun to talk about but um we we but i i I couldn't i couldn't i couldn't track anything down kind of digitally you know i couldn't track anything down via sort of emails that i'd had with um with with Uh, that friend of mine Alex who I am still in touch with but very very um occasionally um and you know since then there's been three or four changes of email address and um deletions of inboxes and different computers and stuff so I just couldn't I couldn't find anything and uh, funnily enough you know it's long enough ago um obviously you you guys can see me but but people who can't on the um on on the airwaves so to speak um won't won't be able to believe this but it was so long ago that you know it was before the time that you had that it it was a given that you had a computer to back this sort of stuff up on so when we 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 Mm -hmm. make we did make a demo that first band and we recorded it um funny enough you know it was there was a bit of a story about the demo that we made we made it in a studio called mockingbird studio which was owned by um one of the members of a band called the tenderfoot um who were a kind of Brighton band who had a couple of um quite successful sort of indie records out on um uh, around the sort of turn of that century um and he Mark Beattie, his name was he ended up being the bassist in the in the band breaks on on rough trade um and we made this sort of four track demo with him and it would have been great if i could have found um if i could have found one of those I mean, it might not have been great to listen to, but it would have been it would have been fun for me to 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 get it. But this this track is um is from the 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 last unreleased album that I made with the with the band with my brother and and my two sort of closest friends, really. Which, yeah, which was the the second band that I had.
0: So, what what was the name of the first band?
2: Well, that you were just describing. Uh, they, so they were called that. They were called Heart Crane. H A R T. C-R-A-N-E, um, which is a sort of, um, uh, we, we, we were named after an American poet, um, a kind of, uh, um, it was, he was, he wasn't alive in the romantic period, but he, 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 he sort of harked back to, um, you know, the kind of high romantics The, the and, um, yeah, he was, a he's, he's a great poet and, um, yeah we we love we love the name and it's a
1: it's a really cool name isn't it 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 sounds it sounds like you're part of a really i mean what a vibrant scene to be part of around british sea power and breaks and it must have been a special time to be playing music
2: uh, yeah it was a brilliant time um to to be in a band and great great town to sort of be making music in as well you know you would go out um and you'd see you'd see everybody out all the time in the pubs and a quite a collegiate sort of feeling to it um uh you know even though even though people weren't necessarily interested in bands sounding the same everybody was just interested in the fact that you were making music um and you were you know doing doing something that you that you wanted to do and that was interesting on on your terms really it wasn't it was it was there was the, or there seemed from my point of view to be very little kind of snobbery about it or or um or or sort of um or all or, or those other things that can sometimes feed into you know, close-knit scenes there wasn't there wasn't so there wasn't a kind of um you know an envy of who was do, who was doing what you know didn't it didn't everybody seemed quite supportive of of other people's successes and or failures as it as it as it might
0: (laughs) (laughs) so when so going going in and making um that that first demo with with heart crane had you been into a recording studio before was that was that your first first time
2: no that was that was the first time and um yeah that was it was you know i can still i can still remember all the all the feelings that that we had about it and um you know uh just that that sense of it of it feeling like a a, a movement through the gears in a way of, of of how seriously we we were we were taking things and um you know we we chipped there was well we there must have been five there must have been five of us two guitars fiddle bass drums yeah and um and yeah so we sort of saved up and uh chipped or you know chipped in not saved up chipped, chipped into to um pay for this sort of weekend in the studio with, with Mark. And, um, yeah, it was, you know, it was brilliant. Great two days. You know, I, 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 like I say, I can remember the sort of night before feeling a bit like you do the night before a holiday or something, you know, was going to have two days where we would, we were going to be musicians making music. Um, uh, 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 Alex and I, and actually a friend of mine, um, from the village that I live in, um uh had had you know made music on four tracks and stuff so i you know i I had that experience of you know you put, putting a track down and waiting while someone else laid another another track over the top and double tracking vocals and and um that kind of thing um but yeah the the the, the studio itself was was a was a new experience
1: so it wasn't entirely alien to you and did that, did you feel, so it sounds like you felt super charged and, and excited about going in with the band. Were you confident as a musician in terms of going into that session as well?
2: Uh, yes and no. I mean, it's it's funny that you weirdly what, what you've asked there um, kind of uh, also, feeds into some into some of the decisions that, that 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 um or or some of the feelings that i had about music at the time when i kind of moved away from in, in the sense that um you know i was confident i was confident in what i could do as in i i knew my limitations you know i wasn't confident as in i can do anything you know and if if the drum if the drums don't go right you know i'll get behind the drums and i'll make it work uh, you know, I was confident in, 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 in what I could deliver, but I wasn't confident in, in, in how other, you know, in, in, in the whole um sort of the, 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 the whole piece, you know, all the various moving parts, you know, I wasn't necessarily confident in how we would all, um you know, perform or not perform and, and, and whether um, once you isolated different bits, would they would they work or would they not work because you know we were we were young enough to be stupidly loud at times and I and I worried that, you know, once you had once you had the fiddle playing maybe without, you know, ridiculously loud electric guitar over the top of it, you know, would that would that would, would that sound any good? And then would the person who was playing the fiddle would they end up thinking, oh, this isn't quite working? Would the drums would the drums not be quite as in time as you thought they were? And, 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 straight, and you know, strangely, the, the, that, um, oh, I've got to be, it should be careful, really, shouldn't I? Because some people might listen, but the, 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 one of the people that helped with that session ended up being the next drummer, um, because, you know, the, it didn't, didn't necessarily work out like it, like, it didn't go so well (laughs) so there were all you know so i think what i I wasn't so confident about was the was the different moving parts that go into a band and when i finally sort of lost not patience exactly but maybe um you know started to lose energy with the idea of being in a band part of it was to do with that idea that can you constantly or how 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 far can you go where you you're where you're Worrying not just about your own artistic kind of um, uh, you know baggage but you you also sort of constantly got an eye on on other on 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 everyone else's and if you if it's your band then you you tend to do a bit more of that than than other people like the you know the 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 guy that plays bass or in in my case and i'm not saying that's you know bass players in general but you know if you, if you if you turn up you play the you play bass you you know, and someone else is writing the songs and booking the rehearsal room and all that sort of stuff. It, uh, yeah, I I I ended up feeling like I wanted to do something where I only really had to worry about myself turning up, which yeah. was not. There's there's a whole there's a whole load of familiar
0: familiarity uh, to that. To that idea, isn't it? And and there is, in my experience, and I'm sure Ben, you're going to say. So I, I feel fairly safe that you're going to say the same thing. But there is, you kind of have to have that one person who does that, who fulfills that role of uh oversight and uh, and and putting that those other putting the, the the sort of extra energy into the momentum of the band and what needs to happen, and because um, that leadership, if you like, um, but. I'd not really sort of considered it from that from the the point of view that you just sort of expressed there will and and it and it, it does it does bring with it uh, a, a drain on energy and um uh, and uh, I, yeah so I can completely I can completely understand what you're saying did so but uh, making that decision to step away, I mean we're sort of jumping ahead quite a bit here but t- taking that decision to to step away from that kind of creative collaboration if you like um was there was there a relief in that and also a a a sort of freeing up of your creative expression having made that decision
2: yeah there 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 was and I mean I suppose I should I should probably say as well that you know I think that some of that some of that that stuff that we just talked about you know is mitigated against um you know not having the, the kind of success that can help um take some of that weight off the shoulders of you know the person who was initially driving the band you know i think if you get to a point where um you know people can maybe not have day jobs and they can you know or or they can or they can you know take as much time off as they need to 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 tour and to record and to if you get somewhere like that then i think you know it 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 probably becomes less onerous on on that one driver or the two or three driver you know whatever it is but yeah. um uh but obviously that's 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 it's difficult to get to that point and you know especially if you're if you you know not 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 great um but yeah there was so so when i when i when i did kind of uh you know and it, it, it I'm making it sound like it was much more of a clear cut decision than it, than it probably was, you know, like, like all these things, it's a, it's a kind of slow dropping off of interest. They're kind of, Oh, you know, yeah, go on then. Let's, let's not rehearse this week. Let's okay. Yeah, no, we won't do that gig. Yeah, you're right. It's not going to work out. And then, you know, before you know it, it's six months and you haven't kind of seen each other or you haven't, or you might've seen each other, but you know, to do anything other than play music, you know, Um, and, um, but yeah, during that period I did, I, you know, I definitely felt a kind of, um, rejuvenation of my, of my, you know, interest in other things and, um, and, 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 uh, yeah, a kind of refilling of the well maybe, um, in in terms Mm -hmm. of creating and, um, and writing. Um, and then, and I suppose this feeds into the last point I made that, you know, the I, you know I found myself writing poems instead of songs and 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 writing instead of having a band and thinking about myself in those terms and thinking about you know what 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 that might you know what to do with these things that I was making as as people who create sometimes do sometimes they you know do it just for themselves but um and 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 it, it just picked up its own momentum in a way, and uh, and it did every, it did things that the band never did, and it, you know. So you always think oh, I'll make we'll make a demo, and then we'll get that one gig that gets us to the next stage, and then someone will come along and they'll you know say come and do a record, and then the record will be done, and then you'll get on tour, and 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 actually all that kind of natural momentum that you daydream about or I daydreamed about with the band happened with. Um, with with my poems and with my writing, and sort of continue to happen. To, to, um, uh, in, but it, it, and so it, it in a way it, it it does start to take that weight away from you in terms of like you know there's still admin and boring bits and but but you wake up every day thinking yeah there's there's stuff going on and you know and and so what is there what have I got to do today to kind of keep the keep the show on the road um and the band kind of never really got to that stage where where it was like that you know it was all, it was always crack the whip how can i make it how can i how can i do another week how can we do another week of it how can i do another month of it yeah
1: i said so, well there's kind of there's sort of an inevitable sense of loss in terms of letting go of some of those uh dreams and aspirations that you had in terms of with being in a band being a being a collective group of people um from your start point to that end end point it's kind of there is a sense of loss but it sounds like the the move into being in control of what you were doing and becoming a poet in your own right kind of mitigated that sense of loss
2: yeah i mean you know it, it, it it's it's strange isn't it because you you um like you say you have a you have an idea in your head of of, of something that you're going to do or you want to do and and um you know I, I, I would it, my my disappointments I suppose are constantly tempered by the fact that you know I've had a I've had a, a a life subsequently that that like you know some people would 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 bite your hand off to use a you a, know a cliche um for um and and so yeah it 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 it's it, it it's a, a kind of it, there's a bit bittersweet i suppose is the is is the is the word for it yeah well, you know i i there are times that i think um you know that that having a band and 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 that that it, it's such a it's such a particular um joy isn't it because those highs you get to experience together as a, as a as a as a as a as a team again, for want of a of a of a better phrase, but um, you know those those nights that are great when when the band are are at their best, and you know maybe maybe you know you, you something or you know some incredible thing has happened, you know. Um, someone was at the, the show that you didn't think was going to be there, or someone showed an interest, and you just get that glimpse into maybe what 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 the next bit's going to be, or um, or, or just a just a great gig where you played incredibly well, or um, it, 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 you never really get to replicate that that communal um uh euphoria uh, as a as a as a as a writer. And I suppose um, you know the, the, the closest I got to that, and, and and it's you know it's a it's a really quite odd situation to have found myself in, co- you know, coming full circle was the co- the collaboration that I that I that I did with Hannah Peel, um, where you know, I'm trying to trying to put, the, to put the years together, but yeah, almost let's say for the sake of argument, twenty years after you know I first sort of decided that I was gonna try and do music and um and going through you know various mediocre country rock bands and um and then and then doing something else and then i find myself you know, on stage at the barbican with a green room you know and uh and all and all and all that entails and um yeah you know at a time in my life where i just thought that was never gonna happen ever 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 and you know i mean if I, if we'd have wanted backing dancers, we could have had them, you know. So it was like it was as close as like, knowing what it's like Jay Z or something, you know.
0: <laughs> Why did you not have backing
2: dancers if you had the opportunity to have some? you No, know, we blew the budget on Chris Watson. So <laughs> fair enough.
0: Um, when you were just describing the 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 sort of the highs. Um, of performing with a, with a, with your, your bandmates. Are there any in particular that spring to mind for you when you were, when you're kind of thinking about those things?
2: Yeah. I mean, there was one, one day in particular, and it, you know, it's, and it's a whole, it's a whole day really, which kind of sums up um, the, 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 the high, the high points of, of, of tree creeper at the, by, by the time, by that time in the band's sort of existence, we were we were probably at, at, at my favourite kind of point in terms of the lineup. It was um, my best friend Steve on drums, my brother on bass, and another, you know, another best friend. I mean, you know, the four of us were 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 st- and still are incredibly close. He was on guitar, and we'd changed the whole sort of sound of the band just to make it so that it was us four because Steve wasn't a, a drummer drummer. Um, you know, he he originally in Tree Creepy had been the guitar player, but we'd just decided. Look, you know, we're, I'm we're sick of going through the rigmarole of trying to find a drummer in London and try and find someone that can play everything that we want them to play. So we're just gonna we're just gonna make gonna make music that sounds like Zuma era Neil Young. All you've got to do, Steve, is just you know hit you know two beats on the bass drum and you know keep on the hi hat and. You know, we'll just make these 10 minute long um, sort of uh, Grateful Dead, Neil Young style um, jams. And um, so the band was it was great fun to be in the band at at that time as well. It was all the pressure was off. But we had this one day where the record shop I worked in at at the time was Rough Trade um, East. And it was the first time that they'd done record store day. And in the build-up to that record store day, we'd had this strange situation where one of the band's heroes was um, a guy called Jason Molina who um, signed mm-hmm. a hire in the yeah, Magnolia yeah. Electric Company. And yeah. um, mm. I'd had this weird situation where through working in a record shop, I'd, uh, we, he, I'd got in touch. He, he At the time, he was living in Brick Lane. And um, and he he'd ordered... Um, some stuff to the shop anyway come in a couple of times and we'd asked him to come and play for uh, for that first record store day and he came and he played he played a few songs on his own it was brilliant and we walked down the road from the shop and we went for a for a pint and later that night tree creeper were playing at the brixton windmill and we were opening for a band called centromatic from Oh, yeah. oh, I love Centromatic! <laughs> oh my God! So, uh, so we were opening for Centromatic. Anyway, we we I went for a drink. We, we went for a drink with Jason. It was me and and um a guy from Jason's label, Manish, from secretly Canadian. Jason, a couple of other people. We drank. We had a couple of pints, and it was one of these situations where I was getting um picked up. You know, and it, like, and I was like, God, why does this have to be today? You know, I could just kill an afternoon hanging out with. Jason, I'm texting my uh, brother who's driving in to pick me up and take, take, drive me down to the windmill to the gig or whatever. Anyway, the conversation came up with Jason. So what are you doing for the rest of the day? And, and uh, you know, sort of sheepishly said, well, you know, i really don't. you know, it's going to sound awful, but, you know, I've, I've got to go. I've, you know, I mean, I don't want to be the guy that says, oh, I'm in a band too, but, you know, I'm in a band and we've got a gig. And uh, and it, it, we he was really good about it. Anyway, he said it ended up coming out that uh, we were opening for Centromatic, and um and he said uh, no way. You know, I know Will really well. Um, in fact, he said, stay right here. And he ran off, and he was back in about half an hour. He must have lived really close to the the pub we were in, the Pride of Spitalfields, just off the off Brick Lane. And he came back, and he had this hand drawn. Cover art CDR of the record that he ended up that he'd made with Will Johnson, and uh, this was like a six months before it came out. to so me he said: "Me and Will just made this record," you, you, and he, you know, he's like, he "Who's always this kind of combination of Bon or me?" And then like he'd go, come in close and be a bit kind of like it was a sort of CIA thing going on. Was like you can't sh- you can't t- you can't show anyone this. You can't get this on the internet, right? And I was like, "Look, you know, you're talking to the to, you're talking to the right guy." Um, you know, I've got someone has to do the MySpace for us. This is how long ago it was, anyway. (laughs) Jason ended up coming down to the windmill, coming to the gig, um, and uh, you know, uh, like loving loving the show, and um, you know, it it, it was just one of those nights I didn't tell the boys in the band, and um, so. Like I say, at the time we were almost a Magnolia Electric Company covers band. That's how much we loved him. And <laughs> um, and then uh, and then you know for them to come off stage and for him to be like, oh, what a great show and 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 sink a few beers with everybody. It was like it was almost as if um, you know the, the the fates had written a, a time for us to to duck out. Really, it was never going to get better than that.
0: That's wonderful. Yeah, totally wonderful. I'm so glad I asked that question. I have to ask. Will, how was Centromatic? Because I Uh, love. Yeah, they
2: they were they were brilliant. Um, And uh, you know, Will 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 was a you know he, we 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 spoke far less um, that night um, than 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 I did than I did with Jason. And you know, Jason and I ended up having a kind of this kind of slightly strange correspondence. and and friendship for a little while, but yeah, Centromatic were, were 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 incredible, and you know I, I'm, I still love love them, and uh, you know without the without the Jason Molina bit, I mean it's just, it's strange because you know that would have been one of our one of our great nights anyway, opening for a band like Centromatic, but it almost gets forgotten in the in the rest of the story. But yeah, they, they were brilliant, <laughs> and I mean even regardless of opening for them, to see them in a venue like the Windmill, packed Windmill, um, you know early summer spring um yeah it was like um yeah it was brilliant great night
1: oh, you, you couldn't have couldn't have scripted a better night if you'd uh, if you put all your ideas into one thing could you it's amazing no, it really wow Great. um so well one of the things that drew us to invite you onto the show uh, was your inclusion in the Observer Top Ten debut novelists and uh, and your forthcoming book, The Paper Lantern, and that led us on to uh, Chalk Hill Blue that you were talking about your collaboration with with Hannah Peel, and we want to come back and talk about both those things. But if we could just wind back a little, and could you tell us a bit about uh, what sort of part of music played in your life growing up, and um, and what music was like in your in your family?
2: Yeah. Um uh yeah it was a, it, it was a massive part of, uh, of 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 my childhood um actually um and uh one of the fictional elements of the novel um is that my dad isn't a sort of lifelong publican um he he's he does own a pub, he does run a pub now um uh but for almost all my life he uh, he ran a he ran a record shop Um, he he ran rough trade actually Um, and um, yeah so I grew up uh, with I grew up in a um, council flat in North London um, with with you know an incredible record collection and people playing records all the time and people that would were friends on the basis of liking records and liking music Um, and then I grew up sort of and the other, the other sort of part of London that I, so that, that was, we lived in, uh, you know, North London, but, but I also feel very close to West London where the, uh, where the rough trade, rough trade West, as they call it now, you know, um, mm-hmm. but, but the Talbot Road shop, I, it, you know, I sort of feel very much like the, 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 the streets around there and, um, and rough trade, they, they used to have a cricket team that played out of the Warwick castle on Portobello road, uh, that, that. we we would go and watch the games every weekend um and so i feel like certain sort of part of west london was very much a part of my upbringing but that was also to do with carnival and to do with um music um and then you know my my my, just I had a a, you know it was it was a strange relationship to music because i had this kind of odd thing where um my dad was incredibly young when he had me as well. So growing up as a teenager, I had a dad who was like infinitely cooler than me. Um, And, (laughs) and, 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 uh, you know, I I think we got to a point at sort of 16, 17, where he probably looked younger and better looking than me. And so, you know, he, he, do you want, do you want to be a teenager whose dad gets you into the Wu-Tang clan? For example, it's you know, it's brilliant because you get into the Wu-Tang clan, but it comes with its own set of sort of um, anxieties, I suppose. Um, that, that said, you know, he, um, he took my brother and I to, uh, me and my brother, um, to Paris to see Nirvana. Um, and, uh, you know when we were really young took me to my first gig was mud honey and leather face at the kilburn national and i think i was 13 oh. or something 12 um oh, i was at that yeah. gig
1: now it was a mate that was an amazing yeah. show
2: yeah um and i bought you know i bought a every good boy deserves fudge t-shirt that was like came down to my wrist and i think it just about fitted me last year or something um uh so yeah uh, you know it was it, it, music was huge to to my whole family, still is, um, and um, yeah, it, it, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would just, I just wouldn't be anything like I am now if it wasn't for the fact that my mum and dad listened to the records that they did and had the records that they did, and I mean things like you know, the, um, the huge band for, for me was the band called Sun Vault, um, which is you know uh half, half of uncle tupelo the, the the non-wilco half um and jay farrar's music has been you know a re- that's been really the big one for me you know you have uh, uh, nirvana aside which i was at exactly the right age for and you know as you can see i still got the um kirk bane wannabe hair but um uh <laughs> but um yeah, Jay, Jay Farrar was was huge for me, but you know, I just picked up an Uncle Tupelo CD because it was it happened to be on the it happened to be near the stereo, and there were you know people in check shirts on the cover, and at the time I was obsessed with all those sort of um, bands like Mudhoney and Dinosaur Jr. and so I put this I put this record on to see what I, see what it was all about, and you know my my life was altered forever, and. um that 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 came about because music was in the house not you know and i was lucky enough to have that i suppose my dad um he filled that that role that sometimes an older brother or you know a kind of older school friend kind of does with music who who might who might might send you stuff or you know for some people it's you know older older sister um who's you know in my dad's case actually it was an older sister who was you know incredibly cool and got him into david bowie and that sort of thing so i think there has to be that that person above but yeah for me it was i was lucky enough to have parents that were outrageously well informed really yeah
0: yeah that's fantastic did you ever um put any music on that your dad didn't understand and said turn that racket down that's terrible
2: (laughs) you know it would have to be i I can't even it would you know it'd be something like um it it would be it'd have to be so bad that i can't bring myself to even contemplate it now it'd be (laughs) <laughs> you know I, I can't think what it would be I think I, but I must have tested his patience I must have tested his patience with stuff like I mean he was you know he's kind of not quite the front line of punk but pretty close to it um and you know worked at the rough trade shop pretty early pretty early on and uh um um so maybe if maybe a few things like skinned you know some of that mm. kind of some of that kind of <laughs> stuff that you know that might have pushed his buttons a little bit but even so you know ultimately you know he 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 gets he gets where it comes from so yeah i don't know um it, i think yeah it it would be the musical musical equivalent of sort of voting tory or something i think would would, would get his yeah. get his go <laughs> how's, the, so, how's it, that
1: re- how's that relationship changed with your dad over the years like where 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 is it now with you in terms of music and stuff
2: well i mean you know so so we see each other you know every every day probably um uh which actually given that he owns the pub says more about me at the moment than it does about him because he has to be there but um yeah no yeah we uh, but we, yeah, we're always we're still always sharing Uh, he ended up being very much um, a a kind of Americana um, fan and like American folk music. So the big things for him really uh, by the time he sort of ended up stopping working at Rough Trade, part of the reason that he did, I think was that he um, he'd kind of lost, he'd lost that kind of interest in brand new music that you have to have to work to, you have to have to kind of keep, Con- contributing to a place like like that, um, and really all he wanted was a you know a a, a a new Steve Earle album or you know actually the old Steve Earle albums were fine as well. So um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so but we, but um, you know we'll we'll we'll, we'll find we'll 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 find stuff to talk about. And you know of course over the last couple of years, especially once he's once he moved out of London and and um, and the shop and got the pub one of the first sort of things that he was always a little bit truculent about, but then discovered was a Spotify account, which is perfect for, you know, pub music um, because there isn't CDs getting covered in beer and stuff like that. Um, And of course, you know, that that's one of the things about Spotify or other streaming services um, are that, uh, especially if you haven't necessarily got the time to want to go really deep, they are quite a good way of, of, of finding just one or two things out every now and then that that can that can keep you interested, and um and so he you know he's he's found a couple of things out that that he's sort of said to me oh you know what about this culture Wall um and 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 then I will you know I'll I'll I've still got friends that work in in music um and so I you know I'll, I'm I'll find a few things that that I know I know will will get him going so we still talk about it a lot.
1: Did you say you're in Wendover
2: and um, Will? Wendover, yeah.
1: Because there used to be a great pub called the, the Wellhead Inn there that used to put on amazing shows. I saw Thin White Rope play there. It's like in the back room of a country pub.
2: It's yeah,
1: an incredible place.
2: Yeah. So, um, um, so the the well the Wellhead kind of has got a, a a kind of slant um appearance in the novel. My 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 dad was a big um Wellhead. Uh, user um it was his it was his sort of one of his old friends from um from school that ran it at the time when they were doing the gigs um and you know there's that cliche isn't there of uh, my upbringing was you know sat outside a pub with a a packet of salt and vinegar and a and a bottle of coke well you know the two pubs that were that pub for me were the Wellhead in wendover and the warwick castle in um in portobello i suppose um uh yeah so yeah big big pub um for for for, for my dad certainly and yeah th- loads of gigs th- uh, therapy the Lars, blur guy clark even played there
0: how did you find yourself in that pub ben at that gig um, that's, uh, not, we, that's not like a local is it
1: well for to him, you know we were in hemel so you know bucks is not too far away and um of course yeah yeah so it was I don't know. I was I was into finding out about music all the time. So, and there were some great places around that time. There was um, Friars in Aylesbury and and the Wellhead, and yeah, there were just a handful of good of good good unique places. And that would literally was a country pub though, Steve. And you were just I remember going turning up to see Thin White Rope right there, and thinking it's unbelievable that this band is transported <laughs> into this little country pub. It was ridiculous, and they were phenomenal. Really, quite incredible.
0: Yeah, I heard bands loved it. I mean you know you the toilet venues that you kind of truck around and you know they all kind of merge into one you end up in a nice country pub somewhere it's it's got something about it that's unique and there's a enthusiastic audience that have traveled to I should imagine that's a really great thing for a band to have Yeah. Uh, yeah brilliant um do you remember when when you first started playing music with other people will when it's when it's when it first kind of landed for you that that moment of kind of locking in with a with another group of musicians,
2: yeah. I mean, um, I, it, funnily enough, the, 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 there is a kind of um, uh, an echo, or, or 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 some some other uh, metaphor might be more appropriate. But but the, yeah, there's a there's a sense of that in the, in in the novel because um, the novel is dedicated to. Um, a friend of mine, in, in, who I grew up with in in Wendover, we lived on the same street. Um, uh, from the time that I moved back back here from North London, so there was sort of it, there was two people in the in the same road that, that that two boys that I made friends with sort of straight away and remained friends with. Um, and he was a real sort of mu- music um, as well. Once we got to um, you know, for me it was sort of nirvana and that kind of stuff and and, and this friend of mine johnny it was a, a, a little bit later but but no less passionate and it was and he fell you know really hard for um the the kind of Britpop pop stuff but you know he went he went quite quite quickly went beyond that and into the birds and um, uh, you know the and the the soul music that had kind of informed the faces and small faces and 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 the and the soul music that informed those bands. Um, and he was the first person that I ended up playing music with. As in, you know, we we he had a four, he he got a four track and we had guitars and we we made um we made a little tape of 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 of, of us playing. Um and actually he was at school with um the guy a, a guy called Steve, Steve Blackwell, um, who ended up being in Tree Creeper and latterly was in um a band called My Sad Captains. I think he still is in a band called My Sad Captains, um and does does other bits and bobs and uh um played with Emmy the Great a bit and um so so yeah that, that those those that friendship with Johnny was the first time that, you know, I had a had that that sense of okay so we'd play together uh you know I, I remember it was it was a it was kind of a clash of of styles but the band that actually that 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 kind of synthesized what we were what we were into i mean we loved each other as, as friends so there was never a there was no beef about what we wanted to do we weren't trying to you know make some grand artistic statement we just wanted to 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 kind of you know record stuff and figure out how it worked um but gomez the first gomez album was the was the was the the, the the album that we both were like okay maybe it could maybe everything we're trying to do it that that you know that that this this kind of this is getting towards that kind of synthesis of all different sort of influences and 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 um yeah so we we that was the first time i felt that magic of of playing with someone and and yeah so he's referenced in the in the novel in a kind of roundabout way he's not he's not he's not he's not not as musical in the novel but he is a character in the sort of third half of of the novel
1: and uh did you do recordings with that with that band within oh you did some four track recordings you said
2: there was a tape Um, somewhere
1: um yeah does it does it still exist does any does anyone still own a if, copy funnily right?
2: enough the person that the the, the 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 first port of call that i could that i could make would be to go back to my friend alex who was in heart crane um with me because he so something something quite quite um sad happened in, uh, when we, we were doing our, our, our a levels and, and uh, johnny died unfortunately so um and then you know in the, the kind of madness of of, of 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 a year after of of grief and kind of all, all that sort of stuff when i went off to sussex university i kind of didn't think about the, the the tape or or anything like that and then um a couple of years later um this my friend alex said oh you know if you um if you found that if you found the tape i could make a, you know he had whatever technology i you know i, I wouldn't I wouldn't remember now what kind of player he had? It might have been a mini disc. It might have been a tape to mini disc, and then he was able to make a CD of the mini disc. I can't remember exactly what it was, but um, yeah, he he ended up saying to me, "Oh, I can make a CD of that now if you if you if you found a tape." And he and and he did, but I I don't, I I don't I don't know where and where that CD is, and I, I you know obviously I wouldn't expect Alex to somehow have archived that funny little recording from uh from, <laughs> from from years before he even knew me but yeah it it, it, it is there um and um yeah and as, as i recall it had some uh it had some endearingly kind of naive but 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 but, but, but nice moments on it I, I, you know johnny's songs were way more accomplished than mine um but he had this um I don't. It's, he used to he, sometimes. He used to say to me that sometimes the, the lyrics and and titles and stuff were like placeholders until he found something better. Um, and but he he, he he his placeholders all ref, referenced like referenced his love for the Beatles, for example. So um, there was a sort of really old fashioned women's wear shop on Wendover High Street um, at that time called Barbara Charles, and so he used the name Barbara Charles in one of the songs, which. You know, so when I played it to my, I played this recording to my parents. I remember playing it to them, and um, and you know, they 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 were you know parental about it. But one of the things my mum said was, you know, I can't, I can't divorce this, you know, romantic sort of love song from the fact that that's the, that's the shop where you you know grandma buys her knickers or. or..." (laughs) This this kind of um, you know what you. but then i you know maybe there are people who live on penny lane that think that you know
1: i don't i don't know if this is a misstep or not um and i'm not sure if this is or if this is autobiographical or not in terms of the demise of of your uh, band at all but just coming across the the last verse of your poem kindness i suppose i don't know if that is autobiographical um if it's okay to read it and i apologize if i don't get the scan properly two of the places i mean have now burned down and into a kind of ruined line he played his last show to a half empty borderline out of kindness i suppose is there autobiography
2: yeah there 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 is um uh the so so the, the the reference to um a place burning down is a reference to um a venue called Nambuka on the Holloway Road. On the Holloway here. Road. Um, and uh, a guy that I've mentioned um, before, um a friend of mine called Adam, who ended up being in Tree Creeper, who's a guitar player, brilliant guitar player. But he was also a um, uh, singer-songwriter and band leader of, of, of his own. He had a band called The Taylors and um, still makes music now. And, and he sort of tangentially part of a kind of music scene up in Wakefield that centers around a recording studio up there called Greenmount um, studios and um, originally he met he he knew he knew um bands like Forward Russia and Napoleon the 3rd and and my, my 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 is the band that he sort of closest to now but um yeah when we first moved to London and we so so we always had this kind of internal non-existent mythology that we were like Wilco and son vault, you know, we we were friends from school. He was, he he was, he was a year older than me, but we, we were kind of like, you know, we were very similar figures and what, you know, originally, or not from the moment we met, it was, it was always quite hard to be in a band together because we wanted to do the same thing in the band. So when we lived in London and we were doing stuff most, we we had we we had we, you know had different bands and there was always this sort of slightly jokey kind of rivalry. But Adam was really good friends with the people that ran Nambuka um, around that time. So um, Jay, I can I, I just know him as, as Jay, but he, you know he ended up making records as Beans on Toast. I think he's still still making records. Um, and there were other bands. You know they they had they had these mad sort of living quarters above above that pub that that all these young people kind of lived lived about, lived there and had bands and like re- rehearsed in the pub and then they did they had like I think they had music every night you know it was a brilliant back room um and we and we did a regular night there and sort of, well my Adams band did and we played there a lot and um and other friends bands and it just it was just one of those places there. Adams Band was 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 a real Nambuka band and, and Tree Creeper were much more a windmill band. So we had a kind of North London base and a South London base. Um and and it was just yeah, it seemed like we were in one or two of we were in one or the other of those venues almost every kind of Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. And um yeah, and it, you know, when it when it burnt down, it was like a, it was it was a big it was a big um, it was a big deal. i mean, I'd, I'd kind of I was Sort of slightly out of the out of the loop by then, but you know, I think um, you know, it 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 was a loss of it was a loss for the people that were involved in it in the in the sense that it was a real, it was a real hub for them and where they played and like I say they rehearsed in there and 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 stuff like that and I, I saw Jay afterwards and he he got a night going somewhere else but I don't think it was ever quite the same as the Nambuka. and they, you know they were, I, I just remember summer nights where they'd have these parties upstairs. And the parties went out onto the roof of the of the venue and um and uh I, I I remember my this friend of mine, Adam, playing um Evan Dando songs to Frank Turner, who who had come to the come to a gig there or or may, he might have played, but basically Frank Tur- Frank himself says that, you know, a night up on the roof of Nambuka with Adam was kind of like what made him realized that after 100 dead or it was his band called 100 dead i can't remember exactly but he he was like that it was meeting adam and, and listening to him play Lemonhead songs on an acoustic guitar that made him realize that he might be able to do something a little bit different to what he, he had done so yeah it was uh, it was it was a great great time um but yeah the, the the venue burnt down but the the other the other bit is that it, strangely Kind of five years later, I found out that the house that I lived in around that time um, with, a, with, with my then girlfriend. Um, but this is long after I moved out, but uh, burned down as well. So and that, 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 it just struck me that there's this strange thing that happens in, the, you know, when you think of places that are close to you, you kind of think that they, all, they, they always exist and you that there's the potential for you to maybe revisit them and you're going to walk through the door and it's going to be like cheers and you know everyone's still going to be going to be there um and and if you find out that you know they burnt down burnt down is like it's to the ground it's gone you know because even though the wellhead to talk about uh, old places that meant something you know the wellhead's like a sort of funny little office block now but you know the building the, the bricks are still there there's something material about the building that still yeah. kind of exists but when someone when somewhere burns down it's like it's it really has kind of gone um so yeah it just struck me as quite a poetic um image the borderline image is, is about towns van zant though that's yeah that that that's someone else's biography <laughs> Well
0: the, the, um yeah just thinking about your the 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 link between your poetry and music sort of continuing on that vein I mean there's a lot of stuff that we want that we've kind of mapped out to talk to you about um but I'm conscious of the fact that we're 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 edging closer to the close to the hour mark um but so I did want to mention the the the, the collaboration uh between yourself and Hannah Peel Chalk Chalk Hill Blue can you just um talk to us a little bit about how that came together and I guess off the back of this conversation, where that sits for you in terms of your music making career and and, the, and that, that crossover between music and poetry yeah
2: um, it, well it, it happened um, through a mutual friend really who um, was helping Hannah put some put a show on uh, when Hannah was launching a record of hers I think awake but always dreaming. I think that, I think that record, I might've got the, got the title wrong. Anyway, um, she was putting this show on at um, a church in Shoreditch and they were going to use some poems as part of the kind of, they were put, there was, it was going to be as, as ever with Hannah, you know, just a regular gig with her genius and loads of good music not quite enough. Um, uh, you know, so she had this brilliant film showing um, and she wanted to, she wanted um some some poems to be read and there was this um there was this kind of thread running through the show about um music and and dementia and you know how it, you know how that how how dementia kind of um or how music sorry can function um with people as they lose their memory and sometimes is like the deepest sort of layer of memory that they have and it's something that's very close to Hannah's heart and I had this poem that she'd read through this mutual friend that she wanted to include so we just met we met through that and then we just we kind of got on um at you know as as, as well as you you might on a kind of one 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 to one night meeting um and then we we just decided on spec really to um to get together in the studio and and um see what might happen if you, if 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 you had some poems and and you know you had a bank of drum machines and analog synths and a, a piano and a violin and and an outrageously gifted kind of strange genius like Anna in the room and what, what 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 might happen then um turns out that a genius like that can elevate almost anything so you know you you, you I I was I was lucky Um, but yeah, so we, 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 but we made these recordings and we didn't really have any idea what we were going to do with them at all. Um, and, uh, but we did three sessions. I think there were like three, three hour sessions and we just recorded me reading the poems and then Hannah would kind of riff off the language and pick up an instrument and maybe make some music off the back of that. Or she would start playing something and I would think, oh, that there's something about that. The tone of that synth that makes me think of this poem, or, um, and then it, we, we just, I, and I re, I remember the moment when I th- I sort of thought it had coalesced into a kind of whole was when Hannah played me this long instrumental piece that's kind of in the middle of the of the record, and um, uh, yeah, I mean, as, as is always the case, the 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 bit where there is no poems. Is the kind of best bit of poetry, in, in a sense, you know, um, uh, and the, the words are there to kind of throw light on the the, the silences. But the, the the long instrumental bit kind of really held it all um, together. And we sent it to Jeff Barrett um, from Heavenly uh, Records, who um, also is is also sort of big part of this. Caught by the river, um, kind of online journal um who who they and they they've got a record label um as well and he was really into it and, and said um yeah let you know let's let's do it and then we had this kind of year brilliant year where we sort of toured and played loads of gigs and um and festivals and and kind of wound up at the barbican um like i say with chris watson and a live woodwind um section um And yeah, it was just uh, to answer the second part of the question, I suppose it, it's, it is, it will always be a real highlight of my, of my creative life. And, uh, you know, and I think maybe a brilliant way to, to maybe lay some of those ghosts to rest that I had about making music and, um, and, uh, and what was interesting about the whole process for me. Was that it was, it was making music that had nothing to do with um, the instruments or the traditions or the kind of cultural ideas that, that I'd spent my whole life um, obsessing over. So it, it was like, you know, it was, it, it, we, it, to go full circle back to a sort of phrase you used earlier about, you know, freeing yourself up. And to be making this thing with someone who knew their way around these instruments that I wouldn't even know how to sort of plug on and uh, plug in and kind of, um, turn on. Um, it just meant that, you know, all my kind of prejudices or preconceived ideas about what, 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 what I wanted to, you know, if she'd have picked up a guitar, I would have had ideas about how I want guitars to sound, you know, I would have wanted it to be, played through this amp and I would have wanted you know this kind of sound and this but because it was music music that I had no I had no stake in in the same way it was completely freeing and I think that was a vital part of 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 my um artistic kind of progress in other ways so what I learned through that was to, to 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 that that you can give up certain things that you feel wedded to um artistically and actually um yeah, and you can come to love them um you can come to love those facets of your of your of, of your work in a way that you you, you never thought possible and fun fun enough I was having a conversation only this afternoon about um how someone described the novel as being funny and I just didn't think five years ago that I wanted to ever write anything that was funny. Um, And if it hadn't been for this project, the project with Hannah, where I learned to give up certain things like that, ideas that you have about yourself artistically, um, you know, I don't think I would have been able to kind of um, follow that humour that suggested itself when I was writing that book. I think I would have rejected that and it would, you know, maybe wouldn't even have been able to finish the book because it's such an important part of it. So yeah, it was is vital.
0: Uh, I, I mean, I could I could happily speak for another hour about the importance of fluid creativity uh, and m- moving away from sort of rigid structures when you of your creative life. Yeah, happily, I mean, Ben, I don't know about you, but that feels like a really lovely point to round off. We're we're, we're over the hour. Um, although you does, have a look, although... you have a look on your face of mild. <laughs> but I want to ask so much more.
1: <laughs> well, What I want to do is go down to Will's pub and sit and kind of talk for a well, few hours. It, That's what I'd really it, like to do. It's <laughs>
2: reopened this week, so uh, you, you know you'll find me there all, all day, every day. Uh,
1: <laughs> okay. Well, we're not far. I'm only in North yep. London, so we might head out, we might head out there because it's beautiful walking around oh, yeah, your part in the country as well, isn't it? Yeah. You got the you got the Ridgeway and all, all those amazing old pathways that, you know, crisscross there, which is fantastic. Um yeah, I suppose the, the only thing that which just in terms of the the theme of the album, um, or some of the themes around the kind of link to landscape and music and society and stuff, how did that kind of coalesce? How did that kind of come together? Was that quite natural uh, the way that formed
2: well it, i suppose that came really from the fact that i'd had ai had a kind of body of work that we were working from um for, in in terms of the of the poems so um you know that 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 group of poems existed already um and they and they they kind of uh, they, they're they the poems that went into my first book and 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 or the f- one third of the first book that that tended to focus on, like you say, the kind of the hills around here and um, the Ridgeway and the history of bits and uh, bits and bobs around, around here. Um, And so because we were working from that material um, it kind of suggested itself quite easily as, as, as a theme. And then what was interesting was seeing how Hannah moved into that theme musically but with electronic instruments you know that's what that's what i just found so fascinating was that you know she she's so great that she can conjure these ideas up with um with instruments that you would think naturally would were were kind of oppositional or, or, or 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 something like that you know
0: well thank you so much for coming on to the podcast it's been a proper joy listening to your uh your stories and, and 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 hearing your answers tonight it's been brilliant and you know evoking centromatic i'm very happy about that too i'm gonna go and listen to their uh, work after this um <laughs> can we please just finish off with you uh, introducing the song that people are going to hear now
2: uh, yeah so this is a song called kite uh by a long forgotten band called tree creeper
1: thanks will yeah thanks will cheers